G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. The 2020 Summer Series on Vision Christian Radio. Well, endocrinology is, is essentially the study of how hormones interact with receptors in the human body uh, and how that brings around physiologic changes, uh, primarily growth, pubertal maturation, uh, in the, the glandular systems in the body that regulate uh, an incredible amount of, of how we survive on a day-to-day basis. So the big issue here uh, is sort of uh, what is in the mind and what is in the body. So uh, if we get back to the core issue, and, and my, my experience in this, of course, is because I, I have been trained and, and had a clinical practice for 40 years in, in dealing with how hormones work, how hormones change the body of growing children into young adults. And so the, the concept of moving from infancy, toddlerhood, childhood through puberty to young adulthood is, is pretty much the meat and potatoes, if you will, of, of my clinical understanding and all of my clinical experience. So this, this idea of gender identity disorder, uh, as it used to be called, and back in my fellowship days at Johns Hopkins uh, in, in the late 1970s, it was actually called transsexualism. Uh, the word gender identity disorder was coined by Dr. Kenneth Zucker, a very prominent and very highly uh, skilled clinical psychologist from Toronto. But before that, um, the word gender was stolen from uh, a concept of naming uh, genders of words in various languages uh, throughout the world and applied to the human being as sort of a, as, as Professor John Money at Hopkins called it, the internal sexed self, as he saw it. Now, Dr. Money is very interesting in, because, in that he was a clinical psychologist trained at Harvard, but he, he had no background in training in the concept of human sexuality, and he uh, was a very um, aggressive, a somewhat perverted individual, and I can say that without any concern about li- saying anything libelous because uh, I actually had interactions with him on a very regular basis as he taught us in our endocrine fellowship, and I was appalled then and continue to be appalled to this day about his theories and how he came about uh, producing the concept of of transsexualism uh, as a valid scientific proposal. At no point in time is there any biologic evidence, any cellular evidence, any markers that can be reliably looked upon to identify someone who who believes they are born into the body of the wrong sex. Sex is binary. It is not arbitrarily assigned by a physician in the delivery room uh, as you're a boy or you're a girl. It is, the, it is essentially determined at the moment of conception. You are either XX or XY. There are some times in nature where there are blends of XX and XY in the same human being, but they're exceedingly rare. And these patients who actually have these disorders of sexual differentiation uh, most often actually almost always have no issues with their gender identity. They identify with uh, the chromosome that, uh, that their body has developed from the beginning in terms of maleness or femaleness. So the concept of gender identity disorder is that it was indeed a mental disorder. It is a delusional state 
where an individual who is a male believes their their mind is actually that of a female and that their body should be changed to uh, essentially impersonate the female and physically and likewise in in uh, in males who or females who believe that they're born into the wrong body and wish to grow up and impersonate the body of a male so it, it, like many delusional states are all delusional states actually there there is a, a essentially the treatment is to work the patient through the origins of the delusion and come out on the other side uh, as a healthy individual who no longer lives in a delusional state. So this is where gender identity disorder was uh, up until uh, about two or three years ago when the um, American Psychological Association committee that sort of goes through and reviews uh, the coding of diagnoses decided to change gender identity disorder into gender dysphoria. It's, it's, it's playing with words to do a very significant amount of damage. If something is no longer a disorder, it is no longer an illness, and it's part of the normal spectrum. And so by taking the word disorder off the title, they ended up making dysphoria the title, which is essentially a medical term that says unhappiness and maladjustment. Okay, that's what dysphoria, a dysphoric state is someone who is agitated or depressed uh, over the fact that there is something uh, wrong in, in, uh, in their surroundings and they are maladjusting to it emotionally. So by doing so, they created an avenue for people who believe themselves to be born in the wrong body to no longer be abnormal, but to be suffering. And if you are suffering then there is ability for the government or insurance agencies essentially to cover that, the cost of treatment so that suffering can be alleviated. So instead of, of, of eliminating it entirely, they changed it so that the patients that believe they were born into the wrong body could get medical treatment, surgical treatment uh, as a relief of their uh, anxiety and depression and agitation due to the fact they believe they were born in the wrong body. So we have... An, an example of another delusional state is anorexia nervosa, where patients who are, are very skinny believe that they are morbidly obese and they starve themselves to death. They request surgeries to remove body fat when they have none. And, uh, or people who believe that they, are, they should be missing a limb and wish to have their, their leg or arm amputated so that they can live as an amputee because they believe their limb is, is a diseased part of their body when it's perfectly healthy. No one would argue that those delusional states should not be treated by acquiescing and pretending the delusion is a normal state of health. So transgender identity disorder, uh, as it was called by Dr. Kenneth Zucker, is still what it always has been. It's a mental delusional state, and the patients who feel this way should not be abandoned. They should be carefully evaluated for the root cause of what makes them feel like they are in the wrong body. And it, it, it's amazing the number of patients that, that have a deep psychological uh, underpinning to their, their, their sense that they're born into the wrong body. Things as simple as uh, a baby boy who grows up and then has a sibling who's a female who has a, a, a severe medical illness and all the parents are focusing on that female child, the new one, and the, and the boy senses that at age four, that the problem with him is that he's not a girl, that if he were a girl, he would get attention. And so that boy ends up wishing to be a female, uh, starts acting like a female, dresses as a female, 
uh, states to his parents that he is a female. Okay, that's something that's that is not uncommon in deep digging deeply into the psychological aspects of these children. Quentin, uh, let me just uh, let me just jump in here for a moment, and uh, we'll continue sure. on some of these. Uh, you're actually presenting incredible uh, information, which. Uh, just uh, feeds our understanding of the issue. Let me bring in here for a moment uh, a spiritual dimension because as Christians uh, we can see these things heating up uh, in the culture around us, uh, recognising, and we can come back to a biblical foundation of being made in the image and likeness of God, man and woman, and uh, you talked about that term binary. But let me just bring in here for a moment to get your opinion when it comes to a Christian response to this because if it is just a condition that is something similar to anorexia as you say well of course we cannot have anything but compassion and throw our arms around people who are going through that state of uh, delusional uh, state that you uh, describe uh, but this is a little bit different when we talk about uh, gender identity disorder, now called gender dysphoria, because uh, we wonder where we sit as Christians, because this is something that is contrary to what we'd understand is reality from God. Uh, what are your thoughts on the spiritual and how Christians approach the issue? Well, I think even in the broader sense of, you know, as a, as a Christian myself, the concept that natural law, uh, essentially uh, created by God, and, and uh, is what rules all of science, and that there is no antithesis between science and religious faith, that they actually complement each other uh, quite well. The idea that, it, that we can accept uh, a gender disorder as normal uh, be, goes against the nature of that. It goes against natural law or God's you know, natural plan. So from a religious standpoint, it's, it's an anathema. But we, as practitioners, um, try to do our very best not to proselytize. I, I know here I'm not necessarily an evangelist, so I, I, I use my faith in a way to essentially care for the suffering. Uh, and these kids are suffering mightily. And so as, as I am directed by my religious faith as a Christian, uh, I wish to alleviate the suffering. And I know the pathway in my heart and in my mind, uh, which is it's a blend of all of my medical training and my spiritual upbringing, is, hey, you go after the, the disease state and you heal. And the healing is to bring this patient back to the reality uh, as, as I see as God's plan. I do not wish to push that on the patient as a religious issue unless the patient asks me personally and says, hey, you know, or the parents would say, we are faithful uh, Christians, and this is against our religion. And I would bolster their opinion with what's written in the Bible about the binary nature as God created us. But in the in the broader picture of trying to solve this across the world, uh, there is so much that is uh, is essentially anti-religion uh, that we paint a target on our back a lot if we bring that up as the very first issue. Uh, we, we practice our faith. By um, by example, uh, and that's that's kind of how I learned to to uh, present myself to my patients. Is, is if I am supposed to be living the life that that Jesus Christ asked me to, um, I will faithfully do what I would expect Him to have me do, and that is to heal these kids. A biblical perspective of life, culture, and current events. The 2020 Summer Series on Vision. They've wanted to hear what we've had to say because it's an issue out there that has arisen the last few years. Every, most people 
probably listen to your program would be aware of the very controversial Safe Schools program. If you're watching television, a lot of the uh, trans and associated issues being raised there. And we're very acutely aware about the issues of freedom of speech, which a lot of people feel is being restricted in society now by things like governments requiring, as part of the Victorian government is, um, gender-neutral language. Um, and um, these issues are now becoming you know, aware of people in the culture are now being aware of them. So my particular interest has been in looking at how this ideology, as I call it, is being uh, translated into law and the implications that it has, particularly for uh, women and children. Patrick, here we are speaking together on the National Christian Broadcaster, uh, Vision Radio, and there is a temptation when we discuss these sorts of ethical issues that somehow or other it becomes a Christian issue or that the uh, the perspectives that are in contention are those Christian perspectives. But this is not just a Christian religious issue. Uh, this is a biological issue. This is a science issue. How do you approach uh, the sorts of things you write about in your book, Transgender, One Shade of Grey? Well, the book came about as a result of a lot of people raising questions with us and us then going doing the research. For example, quite a number of parents have come to us concerned over kids being told in school they can be other than male and female. And I don't just mean the opposite sex, but they can be pan-gender, genderqueer, whatever they want. Most of this has happened in state schools and the parents have come to us as secular. So... Um, I don't approach this as it's not a religious issue. It is a biological issue. And, and the whole idea of transgenderism, and I want to separate the ideology out a bit from um, people who, you know, have had um, been through trans uh, sex change surgery and may have, you know, particular issues and may have particularly feel that that's where their comfort zone is in life. Uh, the ideology, however, is, is something yet again. And it says that you can be uh, on a spectrum of male to female. You know, I could be 80% male, 20% female. Um, but that really poses, poses another question. Well, if you're on a spectrum of male to female, don't you have to be male or female in the first place? So it's a, then there's another aspect of it that says you can be uh, non-binary, not related to male and female, but even non-binary. Uh, you know, being pan-gender, genderqueer, whatever. Non-binary means not binary, not male or female. See, all the transgender terms in the end really come back to defining something against the biological reality of male and female. And male and female are defined by reproductive functions, uh, which is associated with our genetics and our, our uh, physical makeup and so on. So even the word trans, transgender, Trans means to change from one state to another. From what? Uh, from your biological state, as being a male or a female, to something else. So all the terminology, as much as it, it really struggles to create itself as, an, as a philosophy and ideology, uh, has to be defined against what people know as the reality of male and female. Uh, what you are saying is that we all start somewhere, we either start as male or female, 
and scientifically that never changes. So coming to grips with what is happening, uh, attitudes of Australians, changing law, uh, all of this is not based on the science, but it goes a step deeper and gets into this murky field of uh, being an ideology. Uh, this is, is this what you say? Yes, I, I, it's a philosophy to start with. Um, came out of a whole range of people named queer theorists, but uh, transgender I use as a synonymous term. But it becomes an ideology when it has a political program for implementation. Uh, and that is the area really of my concern, whereas Dr. Van Meter would talk about the, the medical side of this. I, I really talk about the the legal side of it, of how it's been written into uh, various areas of, areas of law and the implications that had, uh, very wide implications, very deep implications right across the culture. Patrick, let me ask you about what some people seem to think of this uh, issue as being, as some sort of a conspiracy theory. And uh, that's sometimes when people talk about conspiracy theories uh, is something that's a little bit ethereal. It's a little bit off in the distance. It sounds like, a, you know, someone's got a colourful way of thinking about things. But this mm-hmm. becomes more a reality, doesn't it, uh, when you talk about this idea that the conspiracy theory may be a an idea of deconstructing Western civilization, uh, talking about how serious the whole issue is. Uh, how do you reflect on... Uh, the sorts of conspiracy theories that might be going around uh, this issue of transgender? Uh, look, I don't see it as a conspiracy theory, but I do see it, as, a, as I said, as an ideology. I mean, I think a lot of people thought we were over the age of ideologies 30 years ago when the Berlin Wall came down and communism collapsed, uh, but we're not. And this is another form of ideology that has really taken root. My concern is that it's been written into law through what's called, um, what I'd call gender identity laws. That is, the, the redefining of the human person no longer as male and female, but by their gender identity. And gender identity is something that a person is said to be able to self-identify with um, um, and self-classify themselves. So you could, as I said, classify yourself as being on a spectrum of male to female or as uh, a non-binary of some kind. You know, Facebook has about 58, I think it is, different gender identities at list, or, or some people may say, I'm genderless. But there's a real problem when you write this into law because you don't usually find the definition of man and woman in law. And the reason is it's because it's uh, self-evident, evident, it's axiomatic. Yet, based on the fact that I'm a male or somebody else is a female, there's a whole series of rights, uh, protections, privileges and access to services that are based on our sex. Uh, for example, what sport you play in, uh, or whether you attend, in some cases, a girls' or a boys' school, um, or you know, what uh, changing rooms you use, um, what sort of medical treatments you uh, are able to receive. Um, now, once you start saying that, uh, with the definition now that they've written into law of gender identity, that a man can self-identify as a woman, a man can then take... Uh, claim access to all those rights and privileges and access to services, which a lot of women, particularly feminists, uh, are strongly uh, resisting and saying, hang on, you know, we fought for the rights of women to have affirmative action programs and, uh, uh, you know, women's scholarships and et cetera, et cetera. And now men are claiming can self-identify as a female 
and claim these uh, access to these privileges. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.